Yet is home ownership out of reach for most people? Maybe not as far as they think it might be. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. So we're excited to welcome you to another episode of Life's Inside Track. I'm Yetta Decker. I'm Ken Decker. And... We're with Sean and Roz Woodland. Good from, morning. Yeah, from Woodland Realty Investments. Good morning. And so we're grateful that we get to share techniques, thoughts, tips, and tools that we all need. We all deserve you, I, everyone, so we can turn our house into home, our families thrive, and we live the best life possible. In this episode and segment in particular, we're going to consider, can I afford, do I want to afford the house that I lay my head down in at night? Do I want to own it or do I want to rent the space? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good question because as house prices have increased, uh, budgets haven't necessarily increased with them. So it's getting tighter and tighter. Uh but really, are you paying your mortgage or are you paying somebody else's mortgage? Because most landlords don't take a deficit. So they're, they're charging the rent that's required to pay their mortgage and expenses. So let's unpack that a little bit. I think Sean and Roz have some insight into that because at one point you were tenants. And yes. happy to be tenants. <laughs> well, I was happy to be a tenant. Okay. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> okay. So let's like, yeah, talk a little bit about that. Because did you realize at the time that you were in essence still paying a mortgage? Just not your own off. Yeah, it, it didn't. It didn't fall on me. I didn't receive that at all. I was very happy living in an all-inclusive apartment. It was very safe and very comfortable. And if my turquoise fridge... You know, went kaput, I could just call the landlord and say, I'd, I'd like another turquoise fridge, please. But right? do you think they would get you a turquoise fridge? Well, I think they had a lot of them in surplus from the 70s, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Sean, however. Oh, me. I was, sorry. Uh, when I was there, I'm like, well, why are we going to fill somebody else's mortgage up? Why are we going to pay somebody else's mortgage down and let them have all the uh, the benefits of that? Why don't we start doing that and pay our own, build our own equity mm-hmm. so we can get ahead? Okay. That's a very good thought. I know when we were young and we were renting for the first several years as a couple, and I started adding up. And back then it was like, I said, oh. We just paid like $50,000 in the last few years and we have nothing to, mm-hmm. well, other than a roof over our head and, and that was security. Important. That was important. And yet we had nothing to show for it. Like if we moved out, all that was gone. Still at zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the thought that can I afford it? Can I, because that's really what happened for us. We said, well, we can't afford to own it because we don't have the down payment and it's going to cost more than renting. That's generally speaking, not the truth, right? But we didn't get that at the time. So if you think you can't afford it first, I think it's a mindset shift. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you can live somewhere for 30 years. You can rent for 30 years and walk away and have nothing, or you can, you'd be mortgage free even if you did it in um, the slowest way possible. The slowest way possible. 
You'd still own a house. You'd still right? own a house. Yes. And you, you've been in the real estate market while you were in it previously. You had some experiences and then, and then you rented for a while and then you got in the real estate market again. How many years ago? Six years ago. Only six years ago. Only six years ago. Okay. And uh, what what's happened in real estate values in six years? <laughs> well, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. They <laughs> were um, very appealing in 2017. They're not quite as appealing now, mm-hmm. although it's still entirely possible if if you know if you know when you know. Yeah, and I think the, the really the question is we we started home ownership how many years ago, you know. 35, 30, 35. Yeah. And so even if we were still in the same house that we found actually a hard time to buy, right? Oh, it was almost impossible. And $54,000. And it was, was like the world to us. And it was right? a freehold, no condo fees. <laughs> right. Wow. And in Quebec, not even in Ontario. Like we couldn't afford to buy in Ontario. Well, we initially. could initially, but it was pretty sad what we almost bought in Ontario. But it's amazing that even after just two years, that property had gone up. We bought a, a new build construction in Osgood, and we could afford. Now that property was $128,000. And two years later, we, whether our income or I think it was a mindset spending shift. Right. Because as soon as we were homeowners, it was different. Mm-hmm. It was a different mentality in our spending, I think. I'm just realizing that right here on, on the show. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. Um, and what happened was we started prioritizing what we wanted to put money into. And when we sold our townhouse, it sold for more. We had extra only money. Only a couple of thousand dollars. Well, after all the yeah. different things. Yeah. But because we were only in there two years. Real estate's more that long term. But now I look like... If we'd been in that for 30 years, what's it worth now? You know, <laughs> who knows? Even if we took the slow so road. <laughs> I want to make sure Sean Roz actually shares a quick story about Christmas gifts. Well, it's Christmas gifts. When you think how many people you're buying for, you're buying for, you know, children, grandchildren, cousins, aunts, uncles, parents, you know, it just gets out of control. And the truth of the matter in my family is that nobody needs a $20 gift. Or a $50 gift. We're not in need of anything. We would just go out and buy what we wanted, right? And then, but when you add those things up, plus the cost of hospitality, plus I always like to set a really nice Christmas table, like it's adding up into the thousands. And um, I'm more than 21 years old, so I've been doing it for a while in over 59 Christmases, right? It, it It's a substantial amount of money. So saying, well, I can't afford a house. The the math tells a different story. Even if I was spending $2,000 a year, and it was many years was more than that, that's more than a healthy down payment at 10% mm-hmm. on a house. Never mind, 5%. We, right, right, exactly. Because we got so many options yeah. today, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that we can have a mansion with that as a down payment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if, um, I just wanted to throw in like, Roz and Sean are part of our community. You may feel like you're part of our community. And if you want to stay connected at a deeper level, then the way to do that is send us an email at together at deckerteam.com. And then we can stay in communication and build a relationship 
that's two ways as opposed to just, you know, maybe you just listen to our show or watch our show and you feel connected to us, but we don't know who you are. So we would love to connect that way. Yeah. And as we think about what you're both saying, and Sean, this is your turn, temporal, like things that don't really have longevity in them, but give you instant gratification. Sometimes we spend our money on that stuff and lose the opportunity to buy the house. Yeah, there, there's times I've gone and I've spent thousands of dollars on surround sounds and TVs and video games. And when I was younger, I mean, I, I've still, I've done that once recently and it's like, oh, I could have put that as a down payment on another house. <laughs> and and sometimes if if we shift and wait till later to get the self gratif the, the gratification, that might be a better win to have your home. Mm. So I think the question is, what is possible with what you have now? And we love this because we're positioning you to build wealth wisely. It's about more than just the money. You just can't get any more real than real estate. <laughs> You're too funny. <laughs> We've created for you free access over 587 Life's Inside Track episodes where we share insider tips, making house home, how to grow and build wealth. And the great news is you can get access to them from home, from the office, or on the go. And our YouTube channel, if you haven't subscribed yet, yeah, just might want to do that. So in this segment, we're going to explore that it is simpler to understand real estate than it is an intangible asset. And what does that mean, Ken Decker? Well, what is an intangible asset? It's something that you can't hold. Like maybe you have stock certificates. You can hold the stock certificate. You can, but now they're all electronic. You don't even get them anymore. Oh, yes. You don't even get to hold them. You used to be able to hold on to your stock certificate, but what... That was really intangible because what was behind that was some company that you didn't know anything about or mutual funds in your RSP. You can see something on a piece of paper, but there's nothing that you can hold on to that's intangible. Right. Whereas a house or real estate, whether it's mm -hmm. an investment property, whether it's multifamily, it's the real deal. Right. And many people have come to me and said, oh, well, why don't I... Why don't I sell my house or why do I not buy it at all? I'll just rent and I'll take all my extra money, like my what I would have used for down payment and whatever. And I'm going to put that in the stock market or the, you know, the mutual funds and build wealth that way. So fortunately, we have Roz and Sean. And I think Roz has this beautiful story about a $30,000 dress. Now, she's not wearing that particular <laughs> dress, but you do look like $30,000, at least like, I should say a million bucks in that dress. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> yes. It, it, it's such a great segue. At the time, I was uh, working in a stockbroker's firm. I just started in Nortel, if anyone remembers that. The Nortel stock was starting to go down and everybody said, now's the time to buy. Now's the time to buy. Now's the time to buy. I was like, okay. I had no idea. So we uh, took a 60 or 6,700, 6,000. Yeah. Almost $7,000. <laughs> <laughs> Credit card advance at Ooh, 24. 0.9% interest to buy. Let's call it 25%. Let's say $7,000 sure, 25%. Yeah, at, uh -huh. um, to buy 100 shares of Nortel stock. Because How many shares? 100? 100 shares. Yeah, mm -hmm. 100 shares. And then uh, for anybody who knows anything about the stock market back in the day, 
you know, it just continued to depreciate, depreciate, depreciate to nothing. And um, a couple of years later, I was given a check for $67.50 to close out my stock account. They didn't even want me as a client anymore because that was the only trade that I'd ever made. Though in the meantime, that money stayed on our credit card for two years because we never had it to begin with. And then we consolidated it into a mortgage. So then we paid more interest on it. And then we ended up selling the house. So we paid it was um, a closed mortgage, so we ended up paying huge penalties to pay off that mortgage. So in the end, that $67.50 check I bought a dress with where the actual value was closer to $30,000. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The lost the lost income or lost potential. The lost potential. I still well, have no, that the, dress. The interest well, that yeah. They paid. yeah, it wasn't even lost potential. No. It was 100%. It cost you... $30,000 to get that $67,000 check. It, what color was the dress, by the way? Uh, it was black and white. I still black have and it. And I, I still have it. You yeah. still have it, it? It's, yes, it's sort of a, a vintage 50s look, so it still, it still kind of works. But yeah. then I, I keep it for the reminder. I don't oh. actually wear it anymore. Okay. But I was going to say, the, the question you never ask a woman is, does it still fit? Yes. Yeah, it's actually too big. So I'm, I'm oh, pleased to big. say, yes. Oh, wow. Okay. But I, what I'm loving about this story, it just hit me. I, I mean, I've heard the story quite a few times, and it always is. It astounds me to think something that we perceive as an investment. This isn't even like borrowing to spend. This is actually borrowing to invest. Yeah. And yet, because it wasn't a real thing and you didn't understand it. No, no. Right? When we don't understand it, I think we put ourselves in a hard spot, right? It could work out. I mean, yeah. you hear lots of success stories too about it working out for somebody. And when you say it was black and white, I love this, that it's a very much a black and white thing. If you can't understand it, don't do it. Yeah, the other interesting thing I just got from the story is the way you leveraged to buy that, which you thought was an investment, but the 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 form of leveraging that you use, the highest interest rate, right? And and Sean uh, Sean and I have had conversations around borrowing money and and the difference between leveraging and borrowing money. Can you uh, enlighten us a little bit on that? I would love to. So we've helped several people work through their their finances and why their credit card bills are so high. And people go out and they'll spend $50 on their credit card. And as a result of doing that, they keep paying the interest on that meal, which was $50, which then in turn over months adds up and adds up and becomes something like two, $300. And then like Roz did with her dress putting that into a mortgage or something, that meal now is going to cost you how much over 30 years or each time. So you can even figure it out. Like the calculation is just, and we've done it, right? We, we were the consolidation king and queen. Yeah, so we yeah, totally get the issue. And like, if we only understood it. Yeah. And, and it's something that you don't think about is because you have that again, instant gratification that you want to do. And knowing if you can't, pay cash for it. Maybe you shouldn't do it because it's going to end up costing you for the, quite a while. Mm. Now, on the other side, if, for example, we use real estate, if you're borrowing money, there is good debt too. So you can borrow for a mortgage or borrow the down payment if you have a strategy to refinance in the end to pull that money out to own that property, like for an investment property. Um, that is considered good debt if you're using it wisely. In my opinion. And you have to still understand the real estate you're buying. Absolutely. Because we've bought real estate 
slap our hands, but I won't because it makes a terrible noise on the radio <laughs> that we didn't understand. No. Like in a foreign country or even in Canada, but it was complicated and we couldn't wrap our brains around it. And we thought, well, we'll take somebody else's word on it. So I think this whole thing, real estate, simple to understand, but if you're not finding it simple to understand, make sure you understand it before you mm-hmm. even borrow to for good debt. Yeah. Yeah. Speak with experts like yourselves, of course. And or yourselves. Thank you. Yeah. And to get the, the wise counsel. Yeah, cool. And so if you want to stay connected with us, we'd love to be having you, <clears throat> excuse me, in our community. And you can do that by sending us a brief email to together at DeckerTeam.com. That's it? Okay. So the bottom line here is you want to think about where are you putting your money? Because, and if you don't understand it, don't do it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And what would you think is a way to get the understanding if you don't have it? I mean, you could read the wealth formula. That's where you guys started. We'll talk more about that, but that was the beginning of really your journey back to real estate. And for Sean, was it not your first journey into real estate? Uh, I believe it was. I mean, I always had it in the back of my mind. But in terms of actually owning any. To owning any, it got us there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was the, that was the caveat in, in what we were doing to get there. Wow. Cool. Well, we've, uh, we've journeyed together for, Probably six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Nine. Oh, nine. <laughs> okay. December 2014. <laughs> All right. Nine years. And of that the last six or so, you've been actually actively buying real estate. So we've gotten very close. So, And uh, Oprah says this, that a home is a great investment. Why? Because you can't live in a stock and you can't live in a mutual fund either. So together, we're creating and clarifying your options because wisdom will then flow. Yetta, where's the pudding? What pudding? The pudding that has the proof in it. <laughs> so for over 30 years, we're thrilled that we've been able to come alongside you and actually honored that we not only get to help you buy, sell, and invest in real estate over 3000 117 times, but come alongside you to build your faith, build your finances, build your fun, and even strengthen, heal, and flourish inside your relationship. So really, 30 years of building your family, your life, and your finances. That's an important one. (laughs) It is. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. So what we're going to discover is owning real estate never goes out of style because it never goes out of style having somewhere to live. Hmm. The pudding thing, right? What, what a weird saying, right? The proof is in the pudding. Where, where does that come from, guys? <laughs> well, <laughs> good, good question. Yeah, it's just that how do you know if the pudding is good? You got to try it. Ah, okay. Maybe it's lumpy. Maybe it is. Have you ever had lumpy pudding? Well, I'm not really a pudding fan, but. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe that's you right. had lumpy pudding. Maybe. Probably. Probably, yes. <laughs> So if you think about proof is in the pudding, you did a little bit of research because when we first came up with this segment, we went, well, that's a fun, catchy title that could kind of stop the scroll and let people tune in and listen. (laughs) And what does it really mean? And what did you come up with? Well, it really means you either got to, you're going to either prove your, uh, that you're right, that it won't work, or you got to prove that it will work. 
by trying it and doing it. Either way, like Raj said, you you pretty much need to try it, mm-hmm. right? Because we learn from our experiences. We learn what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. And so as far as real estate goes, Sean, where's the proof? What's What's been your proof in the pudding with real estate? And why does it work? What are the three or four things that really work together to make real estate kind of magic? This is exciting for me. Yetta pointed that out and she's absolutely <laughs> right. I love this stuff. So when we go get a rental property or that somebody else is paying down our mortgage with their rental, with their rents. So as a result of that, we have mortgage pay down, which is mm-hmm. one wealth creation. Then we have appreciation. So every year your property typically goes up in value. And in the Ottawa market, on average, let's step outside of 20 to 23, 2020 to 2023, typically in the Ottawa market over the last 60 years, we're looking at about 4 to 5% increase on an average home year over year over year compounded. Mm-hmm. And so, absolutely. So, there's proof. Mm-hmm. And then as a result of uh, the mortgage being paid down in about as quickly as you can, usually five years would be the safest way. You can leverage that. You can do a refinance, which means you can pull out equity out of that investment. And then you can take that equity and buy another property. So let's slow that down for a minute. I know it's easy for me. It's so easy for you. And maybe for you, you're listening going, what? I don't understand that. That's a foreign language. What you're saying, and let's maybe Roz can say, what are you, what is Sean saying? I will, she I will often has to translate. I will for be me. the translator. <laughs> okay. So the equity is the increase between what you paid for the property and what it's worth five years later. And how much they've paid down. And how much they've paid down. And now you're able to um, get that money out when it when your five year refinance comes out. And then you can take that money and invest it in another property. And then you're doing it in two properties. So it, you're you've now doubled your speed at which you're accumulating wealth. And, and you're exciting. using the, basically the same money that you same invested money. in the first place. Over now and over. Over <laughs> yeah. and over. And over. Yeah. Over, and over and over and over. And over. over. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. okay. So Rinse that's and part of the proof. Right? And, and the best part for me that I love the most is that every property we own, we're getting an additional amount of cash flow as well. So that's extra money after the income comes in and you take out the expenses and you're left with a few hundred dollars to to quite a bit more mm-hmm. afterwards. And then mm-hmm. the, the next best part is you keep repeating this through these houses and it, you're not paying any money. It takes care of itself. So I'm very excited about this. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you are. And, yeah. and, and there's some tax incentives as well. Yeah. yeah the, well, the beauty is, If you wanted to say, let's say you bought stocks or bonds like you were talking about earlier, right? And they were (laughs) $30,000. Let's say, for instance, it actually went up. Yeah. So it went well. Let's let's pretend it went up and it went, you know, it went to, let's say, $30,000. And and so you've wiped out your, your costs, you know, your interest and everything. So now it's basically just broken even. But let's say now you want to take half of that $30,000 and invest in something else. Well, you have to sell half of your shares and then you have to pay money, right? Capital gains in taxes to invest in something else. The beauty of what Sean was saying is 
if you're refinancing and pulling equity out to buy a second property, there's no tax impl- implication because you haven't sold the initial asset. Tax-free money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful That's a thing. a quick, easy way to say it. Yeah. And if you want to stay connected with us and with Sean and Roz, actually, because they're hanging out with us all the time, between the segments and the episodes of Life's Inside Track, whether you're watching them on two, YouTube or you're listening to us on CHRI Friday mornings, 9.30 to 10.00, Any way that you're consuming this material, if you want to stay connected between, all you have to do is stay, let's stay connected and send us a quick email at together at deckerteam.com. And we would love to do that because even as we're unpacking this with Sean and Roz with Woodland Realty Investments, and six years ago, that wasn't even on like the radar screen. It was like (laughs) barely on the radar screen to own a piece of real estate that you lived in. Well, it wasn't, it was for Sean. It wasn't for you, right, right. Roz? That's so correct. in that short period of time, this is what you do day in and day out is take care of tenants. We'll talk about that in another episode. This isn't the last you've heard of Sean and Roz at all. I was going to say we're going to have a trilogy, but that's not true. They're here even more than that, too. <laughs> <laughs> During the month of June, if you're watching the episodes or listening in June of 2023, and if you're doing it later, just know that we did like kind of a binge series <laughs> with Sean and Roz, because that's what they do for a living now. It's a mini-series. Yeah. It's a mini-series. Mini-series. <laughs> who doesn't love a great mini-series? <laughs> yeah. Now, Roz, is there anything that, you know, you bought your first condominium yes. through me? Or through the Decker team. I just happened to be the one that did most of the legwork. So much legwork. (laughs) (laughs) We did did put offers on a number of properties till we got the one. And you stayed the course. We stayed the course. Hindsight is 2020, they say, which doesn't really make sense because you don't have eyes in the back of your head. Mm What would you have done differently now on the path you're on now? What would you have done differently? If you knew then what you know now. Well, had I not been so stubborn, I would have learned more and I would have bought a duplex as our first property and lived in in one part of it. Yeah, or a multifamily, triplex, quad, whatever. But we, Mm -hmm. and then taken advantage of, um, the rental coming in from the other unit or units to uh, improve what we could buy and um, have all those tax advantages. Right. And many people don't want to do that initially because they, they want their, you know, especially if they're coming from an apartment, they want their privacy. They want, they don't want to be close to people, but that, that has great financial aspects, especially in the beginning, right? Absolutely. Well, yeah. we just had a beautiful young couple do it, and they've already lived in that duplex, got good tenants in the one side, and now they're moving into their next home, and they're rinsing and repeating, and it's been less than a year. I mean, it's wow. it's an incredible strategy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, so my challenge to you is go live your life. Live out large and then learn from it. And we're grateful that you've joined us on the Life's Inside Track because we know that when we move forward together, together we both got this. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together with the Decker team.